and when the computer would move, that would be my move on my game with him. Oh, no. So you cheated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for joining us here on the essential podcast we are appreciative that you tuned in and today we're going to unpack a little bit of recreation we are going to talk about playing and some things you can do with board games why it's important this is part of our process we've talked about it many a time i won't bore you with those details but matt and i were talking about a movie that he had saw and it kind of brought this back to the surface again in light of some other things that are going on so I'm going to let him tell us a little bit about this movie, and then we'll move from there into some practical things, some games that you can play with your kids, grandkids, and and then also why you should and why it's important. So, Matt, what's going on? Nothing much, Tommy. I just thought it was a great topic, and the movie that we're talking about is, I should say, that sparked this conversation is Tag, and it's based on, the movie's not so great, it's also not kid-friendly, but... It's still good enough to watch if you're killing time. However, it's based on a story of 10 friends who have been playing tag for uh, several decades. And it's kind of an excuse for them to get together and see each other and kind of keep together. So basically, once a month, tag goes live. And at the end of the month, whoever's it loses. And there's all kinds of crazy stories of their friends dressing up as women. Somebody was in chemotherapy you can actually just google tag your it and wall street journal and you'll probably find the article but i think it really comes back to you know there's a quote in the movie that's very popular that we don't stop playing because we get old we get old because we stop playing and that's you know Mm -hmm. it's it's very true you know we've talked about this before it makes so many memories it obviously can keep you active especially like a game of tag but just even board games man keeps your brain going and there's this book, I actually haven't read it, but I've seen it referenced many times in works along this same line. And it's by Dr. Stuart Brown. He's a medical doctor, and he wrote a book called Play, How It Shapes the Brain, Opens the Imagination, and Invigorates the Soul. So it's on my list to read, and if you're interested, you should check it out, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. But basically, he sets this thing up and says that, you know, we've all seen it, like, face of a kid playing in a schoolyard or golden retriever racing around the lawn just you know joy and so by definition play is purposeless all-consuming and fun and so that's what we're going to talk about today is some memories we have of games that we played with our parents or grandparents and give you some tips on things to do with yours for all the right reasons right to facilitate family time to build those memories with people that you care about the most and to eliminate some of this current fascination and fixation on screens, movie, news, media, social media, phones, computers, TVs, all that. Let's set that to the side and carve out some time for some good old-fashioned play, and specifically today in the way of some board games. I've got three, Matt's got three, and I'm going to let him start because he's got a few that I've never played before. Yeah, actually mine, uh, I've got, they technically aren't board games, but they are games that we played a lot growing up and I guess one quick note, by the time this probably comes out, timing will be perfect for Thanksgiving and or Christmas. So something you can do with the kids, grandkids, friends, family. But one of the classics that I used to play growing up, classic card game that is, is Rummy. And interestingly enough, was at my sister's birthday party 
two weeks ago. And my nieces and nephews are there. They're about, I think, 10 and 5. And my mom pulls out a deck of cards and we start playing rummy just like I used to growing up. I think now both my mom and grandmother are like rummy sharks because they have like the best luck, which just can make you mad if you're competitive like I am. But it is a great game. Now, whether the kids are too young, you could always switch to Crazy Eights, which is a lot easier to play. You're just matching the suit or the actual number, and then eights are wild. So those are the two two of them that I think are some of my favorites and, and have really good memories with because it was something we always came back to or always did before we had that. And had a lot of good fun, for sure. Yeah, so I've heard of Rummy. I don't know that I've ever played it, sadly. And I do think I have played Crazy Eights. I guess it's somewhat similar, a little more, a little less sophisticated. But card games are hard to beat, especially regular card games. They're, you know, deck of cards can go anywhere with you and can do a lot of things. But some of my favorites, even now, was Uno. And that's something we still play with our kids. And then, like, Go Fish or Old Maid, some of those more specialty kind of card games you have to have. So those are great. I'll have to check out Rummy and, and see what, what everybody thinks about it. So I know we mentioned board games, and I don't know that mine really are either, Matt, but one that I remember really playing with my grandmother and my mom, and just, you know, those are memories that, you know, my grandmother's no longer here, my mom still is, but these are memories that could have been built with any family at any event, and what we recommend, and we strive for this, but have failed miserably is to have like a Friday game night, you know, something to look forward to. And anytime we have done that, our kids have just been so excited for that. And if they spend time at, you know, grandparents' homes, relatives' homes, you know, this is a perfect thing to build in for your grandkids or for your kids, your family, no matter how old they are. There's the board game scene is just crazy popular again. So there's all kinds of stuff that would be relevant to teenagers and college students too. So prioritize some time, set it aside. And, and one of my favorites to finish my thought that I remember with my grandmother and, and mother is Trouble. You ever played that one? I have. Yeah, the old Popomatic bubble. Yeah, the Popomatic <laughs> bubble. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I have revisited it with our kids, and it wasn't as exciting for me because it's a little bit more luck. But I just remember loving popping that bubble in the middle and then <laughs> that thrill of landing on somebody and kind of sending them back to their home and and uh, having a chance to win is just it's a neat feeling and something that I think is probably crucial for kids is a way they can have a lot of fun if I remember correctly it's kind of like sorry too you know if you knock somebody all the way back to the very beginning is that kind of it the is. same same premise yeah and ironically sorry was an, another one that I regularly played with my grandmother and we've broke it out for our kids. And it was a little more complicated because you're dealing with the cards and there's some rules. But it is very similar. You can land on somebody and, sorry, send them back to the, <laughs> the beginning. And there's some sliding around with the pegs. But there's some cards involved. It's not just popping a dice and counting spaces. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Yeah, very, very similar concept, though. All right, well, similar in that area is, I guess, my next game, which would be Jenga. And that would be the game of stacking. I've actually played the giant Jenga, which is a story for another time, but the they're like almost <laughs> like two by four pieces. Um, uh-huh. But one one for younger kids, game for older kids, and of course adults. But a lot of fun, 
And every time it falls down, you just get people to yell. I don't know what it is about it, but it's it's not a boring game. So it's, <laughs> it's definitely on my list. Yeah, that is a fun one. And I think anybody at any age can get a lot of joy out of that one. I'm smiling just thinking about it. Have you ever pulled off the uh, the one to one drop, and we've got two singles? I don't think so. Tell me more. I've I've done it once. I was on the <laughs> giant one too. I think, and of course, I tried to do it again, and I couldn't do it because they had the phones out. But you know, you, yeah. you slide those when you have two three singles stacked up. You take the middle one out, and the other one lands on top of each other. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've done it once, and there's videos online, so you can look them up. It is possible, huh? I don't think I've ever accomplished it. I I would remember. Another game that's very interactive, not boring at all, kind of like you mentioned, would be Twister. Mm -hmm. But uh, disclaimer there, the older I get, the more difficult it is to (laughs) do Twister. So a little asterisk there. It may be one that you just watch the kids do or, you know, it all depends. Maybe a a good goal. Uh, I want to be able to play Twister and win it, so. Get some stretching in, some exercise, stay competitive in Twister. Uh, it is important to have fun. And one way to do this is to sit down together and look at game options and order something. Uh, Matt, you and I were talking about a subscription service for gaming. There's all kinds of options. But we like just going to the store, Target, Walmart, and there's just a whole section of games. We've purchased some that were complete duds that looked like they would be a lot of fun and they were super boring but you know we laugh about that and we had had fun exploring it learning the rules and then it not turning out to be all that it was cracked up to be but my final one it's a really troubling sorry we're kind of my my two and and you uh kind of (laughs) pulled out there that they were very similar so (laughs) sorry uh, that's all right. Sorry. Uh, so my final one is really not as fun uh, for some people, but would be chess. Right? So it's a true board game and something I really enjoyed playing as an adolescent and into my teens. It was just complicated and exciting to kind of learn all the strategy. It obviously requires some attention to detail and some competency, and it helps foster that part of the brain and stuff but it's fun to teach chess so if you know how to play it and you've got people that in your life that don't know how to play it it's cool to to sit down and you know write out what piece can move in what way and show them that and you know that's one dimension is learning how the pieces can move and then the second is actually putting all that together and like oh okay so if i move him here then you could take him with that piece and so that's been fun we're still learning Uh, Based on the ages of my kids, they haven't totally gotten it. But they've asked to learn about that more often than they've asked to do other things that they already know how to play, games that maybe even seem a little more fun and exciting. So put that one on your list as well. If you're a chess fan, definitely take some pride and teach that to some people you care about. Tommy, after we're done podcasting today, we're... I'm getting the app, and we're going to battle it out because <laughs> I did not know you were a chess fan. So we're going to battle it out, and you're going to lose. So just take it like a yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> so let I don't know if we'll keep this in the podcast or not, Matt, but I have a good friend who is very intelligent. He's an engineer, and he, he, we had the same kind of discovery that we both cared ab- about and enjoyed chess. So we got the app, Chess with Friends, I think it's called, and it was pretty competitive, right? And all of a sudden, I got this bright idea that I would start a subsequent game 
in which the computer went first. Mm-hmm. I'd set it on the hardest difficulty. And when the computer would move, that would be my move on my game with him. <laughs> oh, no. So you cheated. <laughs> yes. And then when he moved, that would be my move against the computer. And then, of course, the computer would react at this high level of difficulty. And so I went on a streak there. It was like, you know, kind of competitive, longer games. And then all of a sudden I just started destroying him. And I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if I ever admitted it to him. If he asked, of course, I wouldn't tell a fib. But, uh, yeah, I did cheat and kind of laughed the whole time. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a malicious thing. It was just kind of a, a happenstance discovery, and I took advantage of it. You know, that is a great process for learning, and I give you a lot of points for that because I, I would have not thought about that. Yeah. So be prepared to lose, and <laughs> if it's not me, then it's probably yeah, when I, when I know a computer. When I know what's going on. Okay. That's good to know. Good to know. So – so moving on, my last game is Apples to Apples. And have you ever played that, Tommy? You know, I think so. Or maybe it's just something we have on our shelf, but I don't really remember any of the details. So All right, so explain. I'm going I'm to try to explain it. So let's say five people are playing this game. Everybody gets eight cards, and they all have names on them, like Abraham Lincoln, Sasquatch, Tomatoes, all kinds of random stuff, Marilyn Monroe, and I only say that because that's one of the cards I always seem to get. <laughs> then you have a second deck and you have a judge. So, Tommy, let's say you're the judge and you basically turn over a card and let's say that card says the word popular. So okay. then everyone else, all other four players, have to play a card of which they think you are going to pick is the person or thing that represents popular. So let's say... I played Abraham Lincoln, somebody else plays Benji the dog, somebody else plays Troy Aikman, and two other people. Well, you get to pick the card which you think most represents popular to you, and then the person whose card got picked, they get one point, essentially, and you play to eight. It is a little bit tougher with Mm -hmm. younger kids, only because they probably don't know some of the people that are on the cards that you get. However, there was a Christmas when I was playing it with my wife's grandmother, who is now 93, I think, and she had a great time. And obviously, we were all in our 20s. So even if you have Mm -hmm. kids or grandkids that are older, it's definitely a fun way to engage with them and, and something that is obviously mindless but still entertaining. Yeah, I don't recall ever playing that because none of that sounds familiar but it sounds pretty fun it's not bad i never picked the i kind of upset people because i didn't pick i always picked the wild just the funny words that wouldn't make wouldn't make sense at all like sasquatch would be popular or something like that but that's (laughs) that's how i roll so it's a lot of fun and i think it can definitely bring people together like i mentioned at the beginning is the holidays is a great time to pull these out because you're all probably mostly with your family at that time or friends that's right and, you know, we talk about a lot of this in context of kids, and that's kind of my world, and then a lot of people that we work with, and, you know, just the world we live in, it's this kind of this family-oriented thing, and people that care about financial independence and work-optional lifestyle, something we try to help them focus on, because that is truly what matters, and it's priceless. But Matt doesn't have children, he's got nieces and nephews, he's married, it doesn't really matter where you are, what stage of life you're in, if you have children in the home or not at all. And we've had friends come over and have had game nights, you know, before and after we had kids without children involved. And 
all of this is just a reinforcement that you can't understate the importance of play. Entertainment is great. We're not, you know, demonizing that and saying it's bad, you know, necessarily like from a movie standpoint or whatever. It's all started with a conversation about a movie that was about tag, you know, a game where you could go play. So it's important to build into your life for many, many reasons. Circle back to the beginning. Check out that book if you're interested in more you know, it does shape the brain, invigorates the soul, creates imagination and opens it up. And that's important no matter where you are, at what age you are, where you are in life. So we'll wrap it up there. Matt, you have anything else? That's it. I'm ready to destroy okay. you in chess. That's all. <laughs> well, we'll let everybody know how bad and how many times I won on a future <laughs> podcast. <laughs> And uh, appreciate you tuning in. We want to take a little trip down memory lane, talk about some of our favorites, but there are literally hundreds, if not thousands of options, as well as just fun outdoor activities that aren't necessarily games or board games. So hope you check something out. We'd love to hear more about any experiences, any of your favorite games. Let us know. You can shoot us an email, give us a phone call even. We'd love to chat or put it on our Facebook page. You can go to facebook.com slash Barco Financial. Don't spend too much time there, though. Get on those games, get outside, and do something that's fun. Until next time, thanks for tuning in, and keep it essential. Thanks for sticking around after the music here. And as always, we appreciate you tuning into the Essential Podcast. Just have a quick disclosure for you here. Securities are offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. And advisory services are offered through S.A. Stone Investment Advisors, Inc.